heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. One of the uh, statements that was said often is this uh, normal. Uh, <laughs> it really kind of freaked me out. I, I imagine it did you as well. This whole notion of, uh, you know, getting back to normal or a new normal. A new normal was being said, uh, you know, this, this, and it kind of, what did that really all mean? You remember that? Remember those signs we heard all that in the early days of the pandemic, of course, with the lockdowns and all of the mandates and the, the, the forced, um, the, these forced rules and regulations that were being pushed on our lives. But you do remember that, that new normal was being said. And, um, you know, I, I really didn't know what to make of it, frankly because I we just had no way to know what we've not seen this before historically in our past. So how do we predict what that's going to be in the future, really? Well, you know, I'll tell you, you know, we've become very unique in uh, in, in this fight. Uh, America Out Loud, I'm speaking about, we've become very unique. And I, I say that because of the heartfelt messages uh, we get in here. And believe me when I tell you, it is um, a very high privilege uh, to be able to uh, be in a position to get a sense and a feel of what people are thinking and feeling around the world. That is, you know, one of the pure blessings of the role that we serve here and that I personally have had the, the, the benefit to see. Uh, so I'm seeing it in real time. So I, I guess that puts me in a position um, really, I hadn't looked at it before now this way, but it kind of puts me in a position to help guide you all a, a bit. And, you know, people that have had their lives turned upside down and, you know, the fights within families and people being turned against each other. Right. I mean, can't go to college because they're forcing all these things that might kill you, like a vaccine that you're having, you know, myocarditis and other problems or other things that might be going on in your life. And you're being forced and mandated to do things you're surely not comfortable with. And people had paid the ultimate price with their lives for these decisions. I see those messages as well. The regrets that come in. Oh, my golly. The people that are so regretful haven't gotten, you know, a vaccine or haven't gotten boosters or haven't, you know, made the wrong decision in their lives. And men have, you know, just total regret. Imagine that in your soul because you you did this. Um, which you thought was in the best interest at the time you did it. And then it just, you know, plays in your mind, in your memory bank, and it wreaks havoc with every part of your soul. And, you know, knowing full well somewhere in there, you didn't make the right decision, possibly, and not knowing how it's going to impact you. And that's what a lot of people are worried about is how does this thing look down the road? You know, we don't really know all of those um Impacts, which I've been, you know, you hear me talk about that on America Out Loud Pulse with uh, Dr. McCullough. We don't know all those ramifications yet. We just simply don't know because we haven't experienced it yet. And we're in uncharted waters. Never in the history of the world has this sort of a thing been pushed on to 
the, the, the masses, you know, all of us, the collective us. Never has that happened before, but it, it has now. And it's not just one country. It's not one city. It's not one state. It's not one country. It's not one people. It's everywhere. Now, what's the connectivity of all that? It becomes a global force. And you begin to understand something is running amok here, man. Something is off. It's off kilter. It's almost like, you remember I referenced to you a while back, there's almost like the world, Earth, you know? It's almost like we've been kicked off our axis somehow. Now, I did say axis. I didn't say, you know, asses, but, you know. But it's almost like we, you know, like we, you, you feel that way too? Like we got jolted a bit, like bang. And it's like, oh man, how do we shift that axis back? I don't know. It's kind of the way I look at it. Like, you know, did we get hit with something on the planet we didn't know? And, and then, you know, on top of that, really, think about this. And, you know, when you think about our collective brothers and sisters and people who we don't see eye to eye with on this fight, you know, I referenced the other day, I forget who was on with me, but you might recall if I referenced that, you know, it's almost like the 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 invasion of the body snatchers. Like something came down and grabbed a whole part of the population. Now, some of us weren't part of that uh, inclusion with whatever took place, but it's like, it's like what happened? And, you know, you can relate to that in the healthcare field, but you can relate that to every field. You, you can relate to that statement inside of your own family, within your circle of friends, you know, the disputes and the, the problems, the, the disruptions of, of family and friends. Um, it's massive. And so it's almost like the earth has been, you know, pushed off kilter somewhat. Like what happened and why did people think so differently? So, you know, it's, I guess that's my summary statement, friends, of where we're at at the moment here. And uh, hmm, wow. Welcome in here to the voice of a nation. Hmm. It is indeed Malcolm out loud here. There's uh, about just one voice on the planet with uh, with that, and that is uh, yours truly here. Um, you know, today I want to talk to you about this wave of grief and regret that is coming our way, that is headed to a, wouldn't be a theater anytime soon, but it's headed to a city and town, uh, that wave of grief and regret that we really don't know what that's encompassed. It's like a black cloud coming over the horizon like a storm in the distance that's headed our way. And, you know, we re do we prepare for the storm? And how bad is the storm going to be? And how many people will have to, will succumb to that? We don't know all those things, friends. But we are in some uncharted waters and we're seeing it across the board. Now, you're starting to see a lot of people in the healthcare field and people of authority. I'm seeing a lot of messages lately where people are running uh, you know, running for the exits, I guess, is one of the messages I'm seeing, you know, and uh, and I'm seeing some of our people in the healthcare field and are starting to note that point that, you know, people are running for the exits. What's happening right now? Uh, people of authority. Well, you know, we're not going to make this a show about Fauci, to be sure, but he's another one you see that retired and, and many others are sort of leaving the, the, the scene, I guess, you know, after we had a head-on collision here, and we're all in the intersection, kind of dazed with what took place. Now, they're, isn't that kind of illegal, though, actually? Isn't that like sort of leaving the scene of an accident, right? Kind of? I think it is. I think you can get arrested for that kind of a thing, maybe. Well, let's hope that's the case, friends, and there's some accountability. I guess the best way I would say that. Well, it's, uh, 
today, uh, I've asked uh, to come on with us today. Uh, uh, I thought just a, uh, first of all, it's a terrific friend and, and part of our network here. Ginger Bregan will be here with me today on The Voice of a Nation. And, uh, you know, she had just a terrific uh, op-ed, uh, uh, just, I don't know, it's just, I, I hope it spoke to you and struck you. It surely did me. Uh, the headline of this was the wave of grief and regret that is coming. But but it was the way she wrote it and what was being said. And you know, you know what else? It, it was published and posted. I had the chance to finally read it and it got published on, on Sunday. OK, well, this was after I had a catacomblistic uh, weekend with our, which I spoke to you about yesterday, the attacks that were uh, trying to happen here on the network and people globalists trying to pull us down, of course, you know. Uh, you know, um, and I, and so maybe it was the timing when that piece hit that got my attention because it surely did. And, you know, it just was the right, you know, how sometimes you're reading the right piece or something and it just hits you at the right time. Well, that's what this piece did, because I didn't want to read another piece about Xi Jinping or China or the, the, the stooges of Pelosi and Schumer. Uh, McConnell. I, I just wasn't up for that on late Sunday. It was like, I had enough of that garbage. Thank you. You know, sometimes you just want to turn the channel off, right? But I do that all the time. You know, I, I put notifications, silence. You're not going to get me. Yeah, I, You know, I do that. I just turn it off. I don't want to deal with that negative energy and negative karma all the time. My fellow Americans don't want to do it. And I just turn it off. Like even now I have notifications. Don't bother me. I want to talk to uh, my listeners. I want to talk to America right now. I don't want to be bothered with nonsense. I do that a lot in my life. Or I'll close the door and just say, leave me alone. I need to have my time. I need to get my brain to work. I need to connect my wires, you know, so we can be ready to fight what's coming our way. Uh, let me bring on now Ginger Bregan here. And I don't think she needs too much of an introduction here at America Out Loud, but, uh, you know, purely a blessing with uh, Dr. Peter Bregan and Ginger Bregan. They are, I always look at them. I, I told them recently, uh, we'd go back and forth uh, about every day, every other day. And I said, you know, when I grow up, I want to be just like you two. <laughs> now, that wasn't meant to be an insult, of course, but it was meant to be a compliment, naturally, to say, well, how old do you think we are? <laughs> so, but it was clearly meant to be a compliment. I hope you took it that way, Ginger, did you? Oh, of course I did. Hi, Malcolm. <laughs> Hello. So, well, I, I that was the way it was to tell us. When I grew up, I want to be just like you. Well, it's the way you um, you you tackle the problems and, you know, step back and, and look at things. And so I'm going to bring it. Let me get right to this magnificent story. And I, I want to step off the gas just a min minute and give you the wheel. And what I'd like you to talk about, one of the stories in this uh, really um, terrific um article that was written, The Wave of Grief and Regret That Is Coming is the title. It is on the front page of America Out Loud. Uh, you'll also see it in the uh, left sidebar of Notables. You'll be able to see it right there, friends. And so you talk about, in real life, this just happened this past week, that you seen a young girl on a bench and you were getting some food for dinner. Uh, take us from that point of what transpired in real terms of this story so listeners understand the pain and what you experienced and and your commitment to that moment of time to this young soul. Wow. Okay. Um, it was a weekend evening and we ordered out, which we rarely do, but occasionally now we're doing that again. And I had ordered Chinese from a little takeout shop at a shopping center. 
when I arrived, I climbed out of the car. It was still sunshiny, but about 7.30 at night. And there were occasional people coming and going from both that restaurant where they were picking up their dinners and from uh, another restaurant that was next to it. And I thought I heard weeping as I was crossing the parking lot. I, I And I looked around and there was a person sitting on a picnic bench out in front of the restaurant next to the one I was going to. And I listened and kind of watched as I was approaching and she was crying and it was a girl. So I walked over slowly. I didn't want to make her feel uncomfortable. And I just, and, and I stood there for a minute and her arms were on the table and her head was in her arms. I don't think she even saw me. And I said, excuse me, are you okay? And she looked up and said, no, and started crying again. She was, Malcolm, she couldn't have been older than 13, maybe 14. And as her story unwound, I found out she had just turned 14 and she was getting ready to start uh, high school, her freshman year in high school. So I decided at that point I couldn't just say, oh, all right, sorry, take care of yourself, see ya, and leave. I realized I needed to try and engage this child and see if there was some way I could help her because she was clearly greatly distressed. She wasn't bruised. She wasn't homeless. She looked well cared for. She looked um, like she was like she was uh, very distressed, but not disturbed. And I just felt like I needed to be there for her. There was nobody else paying any attention. It took about 15 minutes for me to get her to fill in enough blanks for me to begin to understand her story because I would gently ask her a question and wait. And she would finally give me a one word answer and then sort of dissolve into tears again. So it really took a lot of just quiet and patience. And I simply took a mental breath and thought, okay, I'm just going to be here and mm -hmm. let this other person tell me as much as she can while I gently try and draw her out. I have done some animal rescue in the past. It's mm -hmm. all been spur of the moment. But when you approach anyone, including wild creatures that are in distress, you don't want to make sudden movements. You want to try and communicate a sense of quietness and peacefulness so that they don't feel threatened. And I felt like I was employing that same kind of awareness when I was trying to uh, engage her. And ultimately, I learned that she was going into high school and she felt terribly like she was disappointing her whole family. Her whole family achieved a great deal and she just wasn't cutting it. Mm. Of course, this kid had no idea that she's gone through this extraordinary experience for the last three years where she was learning remotely for two years. She was locked down. 
She was not able to be with her peers. She was not able to engage with teachers face to face. She was not able to sit in a classroom and look at a blackboard and uh, look at the various media with her classmates and have that all of that sharing engagement that is part of learning, part of socialization, part of um, academic learning. She just at that age, no one has any idea of what of, of what life may be other than what they are experiencing. So even though she's experienced, she's been experiencing this extraordinary uh, and extraordinarily negative uh, uh, event in her life that has disrupted her life. As far as she knows, that's her life and it is her life. She doesn't have an awareness that it could have been a different way and that circumstances may have contributed to her feeling the distress that she was feeling. Mm. When we were talking, I realized that uh, I was not going to walk away, even though at that point it was about a half an hour in that I was talking with her. And I finally got her agreement to call her parents uh, after checking and making sure that uh, and asking her, if the parents were the problem. Um, I asked her if she felt safe. I asked her, uh, I, I said, uh, and I asked her if, I said, usually parents are really loving and caring, but very rarely there can be an abuse at home. And she just shook her head and said, oh no, not like that. Mm. And it, it felt very genuine to me. So, and I also asked her at one point, it should, did she need me to call the police? And she said, mm. no. Wow. So, so finally, she let me call her mom. Her mom was ecstatic when I called her. And um, the dad came over right away to pick her up. When he arrived, he jumped out of the car. She ran into his arms. They hugged. It was a very sweet moment. And he mouthed thank you to me over her shoulder as he was hugging her. Mm. And I felt like she was back where she belonged. Wow. What a story. Wow. Yeah, I was shaky when it was over, Malcolm. I went and picked up my uh, mm. uh, my family's dinner and came home and told Peter and my mom about it. My mom lives with us. Mm -hmm. And it took me a while just to sort of settle down after the, ex I wasn't shaky while the experience was going on. I always get the shakes afterwards when something really deeply uh, full of feeling occurs. Yeah. I'm wondering, have you heard from them since then? Uh, no message back or anything, no? No, I thought I might, but I'm not surprised I didn't hear from them. They had my first name and they had, the mom had my phone number on right. her phone right. because uh, I called on my phone. This child wasn't carrying a phone. Oh. So they, they had my phone number, but I didn't hear from them. And yeah. I get that, you know, that's, that's fine. It's a, I, I it's a private that. matter, obviously, you know, as exactly. Well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know, you might in the future, who knows, they might have a, um, a point to just to reach out in some other way, you know, who knows, but they got to be grateful for your time and your, um, your caring uh, approach to that moment, because had the wrong person stepped in there and intervened, it could have been a whole different story. Oh, Malcolm, it was, there were, individuals coming and going that weren't crowds. So it's not like she was safe in a crowd, you know, mm -hmm. there were just occasional people coming and going. And um, she was a very sweet, very young looking, very innocent, 
um, child. Yeah. And uh, she could have been kidnapped under the yeah. wrong circumstances. Yeah. Happens so all I am, the time. Yeah. I am, yeah, it happens way too yeah. much. So yeah. I am yeah. very glad so, that I came along. So I'm wondering here, um, so her pressure at that moment wasn't tied to um, like a, a, you know, anything specific with um, uh, COVID or vaccine or anything. It was just this pressure of needing to perform a certain way and that she wasn't living up to those expectations with her family. You think was that, that was exactly what she said. And um, Mm. I really understand that. I mean, what's the most important, Mm. important thing to someone who's in middle, middle school, it's to be able to make good grades and to have uh, friends and yeah. to love, be loved by your family if you're in a, a, a general, generally functional family. Yeah. You know, I, I'm wondering, Ginger, the, the young people now that are in their teens and, and that or that could be anywhere from, I mean, I don't know, from even 10 years old up to let's call it 20 a 25 even right now, because a lot of people, they're, they're still young, immature, still growing, you know, not, I don't want to be yep. try, trying to be disrespectful, but still growing as people, because I think studies show, and I think you probably know this, probably more knowing Peter being his background, but I, I think we really don't get our brains developed. I think it's 25, isn't it? 25. 25 yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 I used to always say that as a young man, I mean, I remember, you know, growing up, the kids don't, you know, they really don't have their brains fully developed to be able to make those. Um, it's why we, we tend to learn, live and learn and educate ourselves. And then we get better at some point and we figure it more out because we're, we're, we're firing on all cylinders at that point, you know? Yes. <laughs> uh, it's like, now I wish I had this knowledge and I had this confidence of where I am at this point in my life. Oh God, Ginger, if I had this when I was 20 or 25 or 30, even, Oh my golly, what a difference. I'd already set the world on fire. Young lady. I, I know, mean, on, you know, I mean, I right? feel the same way. If ever I have to go back to high school and do this again, I wish I could retain some of the experience and wisdom I've accumulated. You know, that's one of the then. things that haunt me, actually. I want to share with you. It really worries me. Or it's, I don't know, it's, it has a profound um, uh, it's, it's a, a profound impact on me. I always uh, get, um, you know what I always think about with these beautiful people? And we have so many wonderful people uh, that are tied to our network that are um, senior in age. It's remarkable. I, I I don't know why this is, but it's like 85 is the new 65 for people who are taking care of themselves. You know what I mean? You know? mm-hmm. uh, and I'm you married know, to one. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, you, you, you're married to a, um, a juvenile delinquent yourself as much as I am. <laughs> that, that's a compliment tell Peter now. <laughs> so I always reference myself to that and say, well, people, when they call me a juvenile delinquent, I figure that's a real compliment. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, but why is it, um, I always worry about we get all this knowledge and wisdom in our lives and then and we take it with us. It doesn't stay here. Our energy there. And I don't want to confuse about because our energy is. Oh, I do believe our energy is here and will stay here. There's something about our energy and the force of energy around us that is magnificent. But but it is I don't know why I, th- I don't know if you think that way, too, Ginger, but I always think of that. The 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 uh the talent and the the amazing attributes that people bring to the uh, story of life, and then when they move on to their next chapter and they're gone, it's like it's all gone out of here. That knowledge that they take with them, and it frustrates the hell out of me that I see these people. It happens to, 
And I, I think, God, I wish I could get that knowledge from or they pass that seed on to me, please. So I'd have that at the moment. Does that make any sense? Sure. That's what books are for and writing and movies and art and all of those things. That's to share all of those kinds of thoughts and concepts and questions yeah. and potential answers. You ask really deep questions, Malcolm. I mean, that's one of those, what is life all about questions, know. you know? That's wild. Well, I'm, I was in a, a place the other day, Ginger, and some music came on. I'm trying to think what the music was now. And it was somebody we knew. It was a great uh, song from back in the um, I don't know, 70s and 80s era. And it's just, you know how sometimes those songs will bring you back to that moment of time of yesteryear, yes. you know? You, you know how it is? And yes. you almost can think of something you were doing at that moment the song was playing. And that happens to me a lot, you know, because I love music. And I remember that. That song came on and I was thinking, oh my golly. I said to myself now, and I might have even said it out loud at that point. I tend to do that, out, say things out loud, Ginger. No uh, punt intended here, you know. And uh, so that's where I became noted of saying what's on my mind out in real, real um, in in space, you know, in the public space here. Mm -hmm. And um, God, I used to do that in the boardrooms and the committee meetings. Some people that really were after the truth loved that a lot, and then others did not like that Ginger who wanted to play political proper political uh, protocol. That really mm -hmm. wasn't me. So I wasn't the guy you wanted to have at the committee meeting if you didn't want the truth. You understand? Uh, or the board meeting if you didn't want the truth. That's where the out loud came from me. The mantra of that. I was the guy uh -huh. who. Would, oh yeah, I was the guy who people would think it but not say it. Now I would always say it respectfully. I wasn't trying to be you know. A crude or not be a gentleman, but I did feel the truth was important to be said, you know, and respectfully as I could say it. But the song came on and I was thinking, wow. And it was one of these big hit songs. I should remember what it was. And it hit me at the moment. And I thought, I wonder if that person knew when they sung that song, I can, I visualized that artist, Ginger, in the studio, singing this song that became a massive hit, like a massive hit. And now they're gone. They're not here anymore on the planet. And I got thinking about that. And I was thinking about that person. And I thought, you know, I wonder if that person knew it. That instant and moment they were recording that, that they were going to impact the world in such a significant way with that piece of music and that it would be heard time and time and time again when they left the planet, when they weren't here anymore, their, their resonant of that voice was still being heard just like yeah. today on talk radio with paul harvey it's like wow you saw yeah. rush limbaugh wow but you know he did a story about me once malcolm tell me when i was when i was 11 i was walking home from church and i was grow. I, I we lived at that point in a small town in indiana of uh about sixteen thousand people and it was the county seat it was a rural county I was walking home from church and I was walking through the park and there were people picnicking at the park. It was the summer and a group of people were gathered around a tree and there was a cat with baby kittens up in the tree. So I asked what was going on and they said they saw this person drive into the park, open the trunk and just dump these animals at the bottom of this tree. And now they were all up in the tree and what were they going to do? So I went home and I got my bike, which had baskets on it and I towels. And I came back 
with bike and towels and a couple of ropes. And I think I climbed the tree, but I don't remember that part. We managed to get the cat and her kittens. There were four down and I put them in my bike baskets and wrapped them up so that they couldn't get out. And I took them home. Um, my entire family was allergic to cats. (laughs) (laughs) Now I had brought things home before to be Uh. rescued. I had brought baby Robins home that barely had any quills. And I had brought baby rabbits home once that a neighborhood girl found in the field. Probably they shouldn't have been disturbed, but oh, well, we didn't know that at that point. And now I show up with a cat and four nursing kittens. So my mom said, well, we can keep them for a week or two and we'll keep them in the laundry room in the basement and make them comfortable there. And you have to find homes for them. So I canvassed the community for the next two weeks trying to find homes and I couldn't. At the end of two weeks, mom said, we need to take them to the local animal shelter, which neither of us had ever seen. And we took them down to what turned out to be a shack next to the city dump and the city incinerator. And there was this shack with dog runs in it. There were algae covered bowls of water for the dogs who were mangy and rib stick Mm. ribs with ribs sticking out and cowering. It was horrible. And we found some ancient human being, an old, old man who was apparently kind of the groundskeeper of the dump. And he said, oh, just let them loose in the dump and the rats will eat them. (laughs) But we took them home. Yeah, Uh, That started a campaign for me because I decided that that animal shelter was horrendous. Mm. And what? Why were they calling it an animal shelter? And I went down with a girlfriend to the office of the mayor to complain. Mm. Uh, I'm 11. I literally, I think I had lace edged socks and Mary Jane's on (laughs) at that point. (laughs) And he patted our heads and said, don't worry, little girls, we're going to take care of the animals and sent us away. Mm. So we went across the hall to the, county records department and I at the city records department and I asked for the laws regarding the animal shelter and a piece of paper and a pencil and I copied them all down and went home and and at that point I started contacting national national humane society and um, the ASPCA mm-hmm. I wrote a letter to the editor of the local paper and the publisher of the local paper was Dan Quayle's father. And wow, wow. Yeah, I know. Wow. Jim Quayle. It's a small and world. A very small world, especially in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And Jim Quayle mm-hmm. took me under his wing and introduced me to the local Republican city mm. council members. Oh boy. The Republican Party was mm. the was the minority party at that time in that small county. The um, mayor had been in office for 16 years. So time passed and I did some other things. I went and presented at city council what what, what kind of a shelter should be at mm-hmm. the local at, in, at the local county and so forth. Right. And at by the time I was 16, that mayor came up for 
election. And I went back down to Jim Quayle's office and I said, you know, the animal shelter is really a microcosm of what's wrong with this city. And uh, we should make that. That's a very big human interest story. It should be a focal point of the election. He thought that was a great idea. So now, this is as an 11 year old. No, no. By, by that time, I'm 16. OK, good enough. <laughs> and time had passed. <laughs> All right. I had been All doing right. a lot on uh, a lot okay. that I could. The, okay. the, the cat and her kittens ended yeah. up at. Uh, a neighboring shelter. We took them to a neighboring city, mm-hmm. by the way, just to yeah. wrap that little piece up. Yeah. We That's how we took care of that particular mm. creature and her offspring. But I was concerned about all those dogs and I couldn't drag them all home, you know? Mm. No. So no. when I was 16, no. I went and, and mm. spoke to Jim Quayle and he did a front page story on... Uh, me and my campaign to wow. try and get the shelter cleaned up. Okay. And Paul Harvey picked it up. Oh, wow. I know. My wow. dad heard it on. The, we had no idea. My dad heard Paul Harvey yeah. on the way to work one day mm. and called the, his oh, office I love it. and got a copy of the recording, at which point they dubbed in a little statement at the end by the local uh, Republican candidate for mayor saying, if I'm elected, I'll clean up the local animal shelter. And that played on the local radio for weeks until the election came up and the Republican guy got in. Oh, wow. And and it's history then. And, you know, your reference to Paul Harvey uh, just gives me goosebumps uh, because, uh, you know, the impact he had with so many people around uh, the world and his show just reached millions and millions of people. His voice resonated. Yes. And, yeah, he touched lives to be sure. Um, thank you. You know, one of the things I love about uh, this medium we're on right now, Talk Radio Friends, is you know, and and I'm glad you, you, that uh, as Ginger's telling that story, you know, this is a medium of storytelling, you see, at its finest, at its finest. As you hear Ginger tell that story, see, that that's what's so beautiful about this medium. We we don't really know. Not, none of this program on Voice of a Nation is ever scripted. It's not over scripted and it just isn't. Anything you do on talk radio is meant to be that way. It's it's in it's in. It's the real world. It's what's taking place. It's an emotional business. That's what radio is. So I love the fact that she puts that story out there impromptu and lets us enjoy that memory of uh, Paul Harvey um, for sure. Now, one of the things I want to circle back and talk to Ginger a bit more about that I'd really like to share with you all out there is uh, the pain, the pain and struggles of our youth, of our young people. And I speak from my own experience to be able to say this is, is serious. My, myself having um, a couple of uh, young people, a couple of young uh, uh, teenagers, myself, as you all know, uh, that are now 18 and 20, believe it or not, uh, both still at home in college. Uh, but that struggle that I'm sensing from young people is uh, pretty serious. And I, I think, again, uh, from the different periods of time we've been through as people, uh, how that relates to right now. I mean, we forget that the pressures of being young is one thing. The pressures of being young and coming through what we just came through, uh, how traumatic that was in the past um, three years, friends. 
I mean, we should not lose sight of that because, you know, as polarized as we are as people, as a nation and as people, uh, the kids, I mean, they have to see all this. I mean, see, that's the thing about that a lot of our adults who are being disrespectful and crude and and all the things, they're, they're not understanding. The kids are watching. The kids, the kids are listening. The kids hear and see all of this. Is that the kind of world we're leaving? You know, I guess that's what we should be thinking about more so is what kind of a world do we want to leave? And that's why I have that actually right up at the top of America Out Loud. It's been there from when we launched this platform back in 2016, you know, and that here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations it's right there at the very tip top of America Out Loud on the on the sidebar. Um, you know, celebrating six incredible years, fighting to restore liberty and justice to our beloved America, just below that. Yeah. And so, you know, that's our gift to this is to preserve future generations. It's the driving mechanism in all that we do here on this platform of America Out Loud, to be sure. Now, before we continue on, take really very, very quickly, I don't want to take an awful lot of time for this, So, but I do want you to be informed, uh, friends. Uh, and we'll resume back with Jinder in just a moment. I want to tell you about this, well, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, you've seen on the weekend um, the voice of Dr. Yen. She was on yesterday on The Voice of a Nation with me. Her show has launched on the weekends on uh, Saturday and Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern time in the morning in our terrific lineup on the weekends, powerful, powerful programming on the weekends on America Out Loud. And, um, and, and also, uh, it, there's an encore at 4 p.m. later in the day. All those shows go to podcast, of course, as all of the shows do. But she really hit a home run in that show. Her audience was, was terrific. It was big audience. I mean, about two and a half times the size of what normally would be tuning in that morning. The analytics showed a massive jump. And of course, we had the problems with the, uh, um, you know, the CCP and whatever had taken place with the attacks. But that's, you know, another story for another day. You know, I want to get into that today. Uh, but also, we have another surprise coming this Friday. And I, I can't give it all to you right now. But on America Out Loud Pulse, we have a new host that'll be uh, here. You're going to be uh, tickled. Uh, what do they say? Tickled pink is what it is or pickled pink? No, tickled pink. Is that what it is? And you're going to be tickled anyways. I don't know if it's pink or not, but you'll be real excited to uh, hear uh, this um, new voice on Friday. And, and I'll, I'm going to let you you'll, you'll tune in Friday uh, on America Out Loud Pulse now. So that's right before this show. So it's at 5 p.m. And that encore is at 10, 5 and 10 on Friday, that's every day, is America Out Loud Pulse. Not, 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 I don't want to mess up now. Not, I'm not talking about our show here in the Voice of the Nation. We come on just after that. So we're on at 6 and 11. I got to remember that myself. I sometimes mess it up, the encore. Uh, I think it's 10 or it's 11. Uh, so, okay, but America Out Loud Pulse, new host on that day. And it's going to be very exciting. Uh, this person has been uh, very interested on the front lines of covid uh, was in the critical care components of it, uh, seeing firsthand what had been taking place. Going to be very exciting. Now, I got to tell you, this special series we're launching, Taking Back Control of Your Life. Yeah, this is kind of important. Uh, it's very important. And um, the eight essential steps to health and freedom. This is a eight-week uh, program I'm doing with Dr. Henry Ely, which will play right here on The Voice of a Nation every Friday. So you got to make a note now. It launches Friday, September 9th. Now, here's what I want you to do for me. 
I want you to invite, we're going to be addressing everything over this eight weeks. This is a transformation of life I'm speaking about now, friends. I'll be the guinea pig and go through all of the various things and taking the orders and the steps from Dr. Henry Ely, who's a naturopathic doctor, brilliant, brilliant man, to be sure. I'm, oh, just love this man. Just a dear, dear friend. Just love Brother Henry. And uh, he brings so much to the table of life. You listen to his show, The Energetic Health Radio on the weekends. You know what I'm talking about. The man is full of love and he's a godly man and just respect and everything. That show, we're going to be bringing all kinds of great stuff. So, you know, people, this is for everybody now. This is for people who want to take control of their life for all of the reasons that we need to. Uh, have a healthy immune system, uh, control our weight a little bit, have a right mental focus, all of these things, okay? But let's not forget our brothers and sisters who are struggling with long COVID. Those people, yeah, there's going to be a lot here for them. Let's not forget our brothers and sisters who are struggling with vaccine injuries and real problems. Yes, there'll be things here for them. So help me spread. Let's make this virally go out there because I'm going to put a lot into this, Okay. And we're going to have a manual we'll have online and help you all with tips and guides and help you secure a better life for yourself. So this is a big deal. I'm not doing this. Well, I'd like to say I'm not doing it for my own health, but kind of some way I am as well. Uh, I've got to get something out of it, right? Um, but it's to help all of us, all of us. And we'll start Friday, September 9th, uh, right here on The Voice of a Nation, 6 and 11, okay? And replays the next business day at 8 a.m. in the morning in the drive time. If you, you know, see that on the schedule at the nav bar back at America Out Loud, okay? Taking back control of your life, the eight essential steps to health and freedom. Dr. Henry Ely, wow, September and October, I'm gonna be, I don't know what I'm gonna be, but I'm gonna be in the hunt to improve all of this and then be ready for the beautiful holidays after that so we can transform our life together. Are you with me? I hope you are. We'll get some other tools up, but that information is on the left sidebar at the very top of America Out Loud right now. Special series launch, get all the information there. Now, other than that, I want to go to pause right here quickly. And I, I, with our uh, wonderful uh, partnered sponsorships, I will just tell you to visit those links right there on the front page and on every post page. These are tremendous products to help improve our lives. We'll talk about some of them over that course of time and a lot of other things to help us out. But you know what they are. Cofix RX, uh, Clear, the nasal hygiene, fantastic products. Uh, immune super boost with healthy cell. I mean, I, it's just, it's, everybody needs to have this micro gel, you know, and Genesis HOCL protect the air around you. Uh, these are products that will improve your life. And don't forget myfreedoctor.com. There's the other one. If you need ivermectin, uh, uh, hydroxychloroquine, you need help with long COVID, vaccine injuries, health problems, whatever they are, these people are fantastic. Dr. Ben Marble launched that right in the heat of the pandemic. Beautiful, beautiful people, Christian people want to help folks. Check that out as well. All that's back there at americaoutloud.com. We'll take a quick pause, my fellow Americans, and we'll join you just on the other side here. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. 
All right. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the pulpidone iodine-based nasal spray, Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Welcome back to the voice of a nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly, and a privilege to be with you always. Uh, to my fellow Americans and to our friends around the globe, and we have a lot of great friends around the globe. Uh, it's, uh, I'd say it's a big planet, and it, sure it is, but it's also small in some ways, you know? Uh, and it is a small world, right? That It's a small world after all, is that how that goes? It's a small world, or is it a big world? I'm not sure. Whatever it is, the tune is in my head. Oh, I only spit it out now. Uh, but that is where we're at here. Let's talk about, uh, I want to dive right back in with Ginger Bregan and take advantage of our time. And um, Ginger Bregan joins us. And by the way, I got to tell you, Dr. Peter Bregan and Ginger Bregan, they are the co-host of America Out Loud Pulse. Every Thursday, you'll hear them on the network here on their shows. All go to podcasts and they're writers and they're... They are a big part of our family here, to be sure, and uh, we just love them. And uh, but they're just so involved in all the happenings, and um, uh, it's, a, it's a joy to be uh, to doing this. It's it's such a privilege. Oh, I got another new show I got to tell you about. I I can't. We got a blockbuster show we're going to be launching. I I forgot to tell you that at the break. I well, anyways, I'll tell you more in the days coming. But it's a couple of weeks off, but it's going to be a big one. Uh, it's called the Whistleblower Report. Now, I'll just tease it right there. It's going to be on weekdays, Monday through Friday, and it's going to have a lot of interesting people in. It's going to be very, very cool. So I'll tell you more about that later. Ginger, get on here with me, please. Let's, let's do some talking here. <laughs> so I, I keep going and going here. I want to talk, Ginger, about the young people right now, the young girl on the bench that you, again, that op-ed, if you're just joining me now, friends, that op-ed is entitled The Wave of Grief and Regret That Is Coming. Now, I want to fit a lot in this next uh, 10 minutes here with you, so let's do it. And one of the things I want to ask you is, with kids, with young people, this transformation we're going through, and I'm trying to help myself out here as well, Ginger, because I, I don't have all the answers, but, and I see my own two struggling from time to time with these struggles as well. What's going on with young people right now? Why are they having such a hard time? Do you have any idea, please? Oh my gosh. Um, well, you said it, Malcolm, this is a time that 
is unprecedented in any of our lives, and it's not a happy time. There have been uh, there have been terrible crises and deaths, and now there are really an unprecedented number of looming disasters that we're hearing about. All of that is uh, is being magnified by uh, by forces that want to manipulate us by making us feel fearful. That affects our kids too. We're now hearing about uh, energy shortages in Europe that are going to uh, drive many Europeans to having to resort to collecting firewood again and heating their homes with firewood like was done during feudal times over in Europe. Um, and that's uh, uh, unprecedented in, in industrial nations. Uh, so that is, although the, the various, the, the energy crisis, the food crisis that's looming mm. and others like that. So the kids are hearing these headlines. They're, they're hearing, hearing all of this. It right. must be terrifying. Well, that's what I said earlier. They hear us. They hear, I, I guess I touched on that earlier, didn't I? Talking about, don't we realize as adults what we're teaching the next generation, right? Right. And I think that one of the things we have to help them to understand, and we can do this both by talking with them, but especially by modeling, is actually do something about it. Uh, don't don't let yourself just fall into a funk, but figure out what you can do at your level uh, in in the community and within your family and within your peer network and so forth. What can you do to help? make something better in your life. Obviously, you can't wave a magic wand and fix everything. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're put here on this on this earth to try and uh, make things better and learn about ourselves and other people. You know, Ginger, I, I said and I shared with listeners yesterday your point right there when I talked about helping thy fellow man. And uh, thank you for saying that because it just, just rings in my ears. It echoes in my soul that what other purpose is there in this lifetime if we can't improve the lives of others and those around us and make it a journey worthwhile? Um, that's what this whole mission is about. When I talk about the mission of America Out Loud, and, you know, we want to bring people with this mission. We, we, we want to experience life together in the most positive way. Before we uh, turn the corner and we talk about some of the remedies of uh, what we have in just a moment here, two of the quick points I want to bring up here. And one is you reference in the piece, uh, and I just want to bring it on Dan Bongino, who is, uh, and everyone knows, I think, the name nationally. He's a commentator, if you don't know, on um, one of the networks. Uh, and um, and he talks about, um, uh, the, he comes right out and says, as a, as a, he's a radio host as well and, and uh, does some television as well. He said, getting the vaccine was the biggest mistake and greatest regret of his life. Now, he's struggling with, uh, I think he's fighting cancer, isn't he, Ginger? I believe he's fighting he cancer. He had cancer uh, during the uh, lockdown. A, a, a doctor wrote and said, you have a lump on your neck. Right. You need to get that looked at. And he didn't. It was cancer. And his... Uh, his oncologist told him he should get the vaccine when it became available. 
Right. They tried to push that on my wife as well after she almost died from COVID in the bad episode we were in. And the doctor got very upset when we told him we were not doing your vaccine. He then said, well, you probably don't need to come see me again. Uh, oh this is, uh, yeah, this is, how, and this is a very notable uh, doctor. This, this, was, uh, this was a very highly, highly regarded doctor in the field. Uh, that really was his answer. I was in the room when it transpired. So I, I seen it. He wasn't happy with me because I surely told him it was not happening. And he looked at me and was uh, just a bit irritated, the whole thing was, but it just tells you how backwards this whole thing is. So Dan Bongino comes out and says that, and um, and and just says the regrets. And I guess he says that, Ginger, because he's looking at what, the evidence now, and he feels like he's seen all these reports of people literally dropping dead around us or something. I believe that's what ha has happened. He's, I believe he's aware of the athlete and other uh, healthy adult human being sudden deaths that are occurring. Yeah, yeah. The other thing you reference in the air is our Australian friends, which I just started earlier in the broadcast. And you said, your Australian friend said, and I quote, I'm bracing myself for an impending, impending awakening of vaccine regret, which will be enormous and the grief will be harrowing, not to mention the anger. The vaccine uptake here in Australia has been very high and the ambulance sirens continue to be heard daily of people having heart attacks, strokes, etc. I personally already know of three people in my small street impacted, two dead and one severely incapacitated after the vaccine. This is from Australia. You know, I'll tell you the, the messages I get from Australia, they break your heart, Ginger. I mean, what they've yes. been through in that country out there is 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 evidence number one, isn't it? You know? Yes, it is. It <laughs> is. Uh, the the stories from Australia have just been Heart, um, heartbreaking. They are. And I see the emails. I see the correspondence. And I love I love you folks in Australia. Please know that you're listening here. Um, you know, I, I've been out to uh, New Zealand, Australia. These are beautiful, beautiful countries. They are absolutely amazing places. And clearly they've been overrun by globalists and Marxist left agendas. All I can say is sadly, and taking those back is going to take the power of those people. This is a world event. What's happening here, friends. This is a globalist event. This is not an America event. This is a globalist event. Correct, Ginger? Absolutely. Malcolm, one of the things we have to remember is we can't let all of this just um, um, turn us, uh, make us sad and feel bleak. There's a moment for that. But what I try to always do when I see all of this is recognize that it's so important to remember what I know already about what is the kinds of actions that are causing all this pain, it's not an accident. None of this is an accident, not even not even the COVID disease itself is an accident. And one of the things I wanted to make sure I mentioned is Peter and I began researching COVID and SARS-CoV-2 and what was causing the disaster that was unfolding in early 2020. And we began to document the global predators, which is what we call them, the elites uh, that are attempting to to control the world at this point and it's accomplishing happening. a great deal. Yeah. They've yeah. they've captured many of the of the republic governments yeah. like let, let uh, me tell people right now that book please ginger so we don't lose track you. of time here covid19 and the global predators 
We Are the Prey. And that book, my friends, is available surely in any bookstore. It is available on Amazon. It is in the America Out Loud bookstore, which just was totally revamped. Uh, my team did a great job, worked on that over a couple, two, three months it took. Total new database, new structure. It's beautiful. Now, go look at it. It's right in the nav bar now, bookstore. And we have books on the front page there off to the right sidebar and featured in the bookstore as well. And you'll see that book all over there. Uh, people have gotten that. Uh, it's tremendous, tremendous book. They put so much of their heart and knowledge in that COVID-19, the global predators, we all the prey. Um, and I think you're working on some other write-ins that will happen come thereafter. We look forward to all of that. I know that. Um, I'm going to end in just a moment here. Ginger, thank you for for everything. Thank you for your 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 um, your voice, your your gentle soul, your words of wisdom, and for being part of this mission here. Thank you. Thank you, Malcolm. Yeah, that is the voice of Ginger Bregan. And uh, again, that show is every Thursday. You'll hear her and Dr. Peter Bregan at 5 and 10 on the America Out Loud talk radio network. In that piece, I want to leave you with this, my friends. Please listen up. Don't, don't, don't expire yet. Just I want you to listen to this message now. This comes from that amazing op-ed, The Wave of Grief and Regret That Is Coming from Ginger Bregan. And it goes like this. This is about finding the answers. And she says, we must find the strength to do all of these things at once. Go to the school board meeting and comfort the lonely elderly neighbor and nurture our children and any children in our sphere and write that letter to the editor and shop at the local markets, paying in cash, not credit cards, and share this blog and others with friends and neighbors and befriend the local sheriff and deputies and visit a sick friend who has developed cancer, blood clots, a heart condition, a, a neurological issues, and get to know your farmer, your neighbors, and set up a little garden on your balcony, backyard, and in a corner of your house, and keep educating ourselves about what is really happening in the world. It's all about our little corner of the world, my friends, is what we're referencing here. We can all make a difference. That's what this is about, is making a difference in the greater world, and you start by your world. Impact the world right there in your circle, and it will be a ripple impact that will be felt throughout the world. That's called energy. And let's leave positive energy right here. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.